Amen. All right. Spiritual or soulish? Kind of hated for us to just go knee deep into the spirit for us not to kind of talk about just a little bit of the natural or kind of the things that we battle. We're going to be talking about the difference between a man's spirit and his soul. If I can, if I can just kind of have a little teachy moment, the spirit of man comes directly from God and relates directly to God. I'm going to try to go slow. The spirit of the spirit of man comes directly from God and relates directly to God. And in the original pattern of creation, there was a descending relationship. God moved upon man's spirit. His spirit moved upon his soul and his soul directed his body. That is the intention. This, that's the way we're supposed to work. God moves on our spirit. Our spirit moves on our soul. Our soul moves on our body. That's spirit-led living. Everybody with me? All right, I didn't think I got too deep yet, but sometimes it sometimes it doesn't come out like it's supposed to. Sometimes it doesn't, uh, you just, it just doesn't make any sense. The way God intends for us to walk this out as being spirit-filled believers is that our spirit moves our soul and our soul moves our body. Let me, let me keep on going into this. God moved upon man's spirit. His spirit moved upon his soul and his soul directed his body through man's rebellion. However, the spirit was set aside and his soul took over. His soul took control as a result. Unregenerate man is controlled by the three functions of the soul. You may not have ever heard this. This is the way I've always heard it taught. The soul makes up the will, the intellect, and the emotions. That's what our soul is. Our will, our intellect, and our emotions. All right? And when God reconciles man to himself, his purpose is to restore the original order. Where he once again relates directly to a man's spirit Man's spirit, in turn, moves upon his soul, and man's soul moves upon his body. And this is explained in, uh, by David in Psalm 103, where he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. His spirit is talking to his soul. God moved upon David. Da David spoke to his soul, and his soul responded. You catch that? Uh, you know, I use the scripture a lot. You have to fight with flesh. The spirit and the flesh are fighting all the time. Let me tell you, as Christians, as spirit filled Christians, the spirit has to win. And you can see here even with David and you know that David, just like you and I battled with sin. Battled with struggles in his mind, battled with being where he was supposed to be at the right time, had struggles. And you can see here that a man after God's own heart had to decide, soul, you are going to bless the Lord. You can see that the spirit is speaking to the soul. Through faith, David's spirit had been reunited with God and he was eager to worship him. So his spirit stirred up his soul to move and his vocal organs to utter the appropriate words of worship. 
As long as man stays in submission to God and his soul stays in submission to his spirit, man's, man will function in harmony with God and with himself. But at any time we go back and we grab hold of this rebellion against God, our soul is no longer in submission to the spirit. And this inner harmony is broken. Which means there is constant tension between the spirit and the soul. We can sit here and we can pray to be spirit filled. But if our spirit isn't controlling our actions, we're still not functioning right. The sons of God are those that are led by the spirit of God. We show God that we serve him by the way that by our actions, by what comes out of our mouth, by by what we are made of. So we can see here that we've got a battle. How many knows that when you get baptized in the spirit, attack comes? Look at Jesus. Jesus was baptized and the spirit of God came down upon him like a like like a dove. And what happened? He was immediately led out to the desert for temptation. I would almost guarantee you that if you were the, for the first time or not this week, for the first time baptized in the Holy Ghost, you were probably led into some temptation this week. God, God tests, God tests us. He wants to show us that we've got, we've got to change. We don't just come in here and have a Holy Ghost service and then everything is tiptoe through the tulips the rest of our life. Amen. Anybody had a struggle this week? Satan's not going to mess with somebody that's not a threat. We're, we're a threat. And you know what? The Lord says, okay, you can handle some battle now. You are equipped to battle. You're equipped to win. You're equipped to further the kingdom of God. He said, don't go anywhere until you receive the promise. What does that mean? When you receive the promise, we're to go somewhere. That means there's somewhere to go. There is a fight being fought in the spirit. And we are now equipped. But it just doesn't happen. We've got to battle. The Greek of the New Testament has a special adjective with this word. This form directly from the word soul, which is such. I'm going to say it's such. P-S-U-C-H-E. Suche. We'll call it suche. Which describes an action initiated by the soul. My problem with my computer and my uh, Greek, Hebrew, it doesn't have phonetic uh, it doesn't phonetically explain it to me. So I have to kind of figure out what I think it sounds like until I find somebody like a uh, like Pastor Matt's, uh, the guy he works for. No, no, not him. Rick Renner can correct me. So. Suke. <laughs> you making or Justin. Huh? Yeah, suk, suk, suk. yeah, I, I've done that. I really desire to get my cat, my kids out to a, some cattle and let me call them in. Because my grandfather, my mom's dad, taught me how to do it. And it's the goofiest sounding thing ever. 
but they come running. It is the most bizarre thing ever. Okay. The adjective of this same word, suke, is su. Now I can't say it. Sukikos. P S U C H I K O S. The natural way to render this English word would be soulish. But unfortunately, the English language does not have such a word. But I will show you where I'm going. The English translation in the New Testament has used a variety of words to define this using the word natural or sensual or worldly or unspiritual or worldly minded or without the spirit or a phrase to follow their natural instinct. Did you catch that? All those words were so that you could understand what this word soulish means. Soulish, natural, sensual, worldly. So throughout tonight, I'm going to use that word soulish. That'll emphasize the tension in the New Testament between that which is spiritual and that which is soulish. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you brought your Bibles, let's turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44. Paul uses this word three times to point out the difference between our present body, which is natural or soulish, and our resurrection body, which will be spiritual. Let's look at that. 1 Corinthians 15, 44. It is sown a natural or soulish body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. Where did I go? There is a natural body. It is raised. It raised a spiritual body. There is a natural. Do I have an error? It says the same thing. Okay. Where am I? And so it is written. Okay, let's go back. It is sown a natural body, a soulish body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Verse 45. And so it is written. The first Adam, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Verse 46. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. A soulish body is a body which the spirit has to move through the soul. A spiritual body would be one that as soon as, uh, as in which the spirit moves directly upon the body and does not have to work through the soul. Do you catch this? Our earthly body, our spirit has to work through our soul. A spiritual body does not have that hindrance. Is everybody just thinking, what is he doing? What's he going? I, hang in there. Hang in there. We have we have a battle. We have a battle right here on this earth between the natural and the spiritual. What this scripture here is saying is that our spiritual body, our if we just had a spiritual body, it doesn't have the, the soul that it has to fight through. I'm going to keep going. The cherubs, which are described in Ezekiel chapter 1, apparently have spiritual bodies. Each one went straight forward and wherever they went, the spirit went. Let's go look at verse 12. 
Ezekiel 1.12. And each one went straight forward and they went wherever the spirit wanted to go and they did not turn when they went. What is this saying? They're a spiritual body that is not having to struggle. When the spirit moves, they move. Again, we see it again in, in Ezekiel 20, uh, one twenty. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went because the spirit went. You know, as elementary as this may seem, this is the pattern that we want to follow. When the spirit moves, we move. That we get so in tune with the Lord's Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, we get so in tune that when he speaks, we don't think about the consequence. The creatures around the throne are not thinking about the consequence of what happens when they move, when the spirit moves them. They move. Apparently, that is the type of body that believers will have after the resurrection. No longer will our spirit have to urge our soul to direct our body to make the appropriate response. Our body will directly respond to the decision of our spirit. We'll be like Ezekiel's cherubs. We will go directly without turning wherever our spirit wills to go. What liberty. There are three other passages in the New Testament where the opposition between the spiritual and the soulish is more clearly expressed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural or the soulish man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. You know, to understand spiritual things, the soul is dependent on the spirit. It just showed us the soul cannot handle spiritual things. Did y'all catch that? The natural man cannot receive, does not receive the things of the spirit. It's foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. How are they discerned? They're discerned by the spirit. Does that show you something? That discerning comes from the spirit. You have to have the spirit of God to discern according to the spirit. Can you also see how scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is a teacher? When we get the word of God, sometimes our natural man can't get it. But we must have the teacher discern or reveal to us what the word of God is saying. Because our natural man can't get it. You know, I can see sometimes when I'm flying through my Bible and getting in a hurry and reading my word that I don't get it. But if I will slow down and pray, one of the things that my mother taught me to do is to pray for the Holy Spirit. To teach me as I read. Every single time I read. I don't do it every time. But every single time I read. To stop and ask the Lord. Teach me as I read. You know what? My natural man can't get it. I don't care how much I want it. I'm not going to get it. 
My spirit man's going to get it. My spirit man. It's so important that we approach truth with the right attitude. It's so important that we approach truth with the right attitude. What would be the right attitude? Our soul submitted to our spirit. And our spirit in union with God. In his epistle, Jude speaks about people in the church who are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own, own lusts, sensual, soulish persons who causes division, not having the Holy Spirit. Uh, we already looked at that. Jude 16, 1, 16. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. Jude 19. These are sensual persons who cause division, not having the spirit. When the soul of a Christian is not submitted through his spirit to God, he becomes a channel to which all kinds of carnality and divisiveness can infiltrate them and the church. How many knows that most church fights have nothing to do with nothing? They got nothing to do with anything. They're just silly stuff. <laughs> just silly. They're not, they, they, I've been a part of both sides. Everybody here been on both sides, been on, been on the, the throwing tomatoes at somebody's side and receiving tomatoes. I think, I think most of us, if you, if you haven't been, I say this over and over, if you haven't been offended in church, just stick around. It happens. But most of the time, that offense is not from coming from the spirit. It's coming from the soul. Amen? Amen. Thank you. <laughs> it's getting deep in here. The underlying... This is true that the underlying cause of division in the body of Christ is when our soul is taking over and not our spirit. L look at the spirit of Jesus, very compassionate, slow to anger, slow to anger. Abounding in love. And we know that most church fights, wherever we are, most fights in general, relationship is coming out of the soul and not out of the spirit. James 3.15, the apostle talks about a form of wisdom which does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, or soulish, demonic. James shows a downward slide in three successive stages, from earthly to soulish to the demonic. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. When Christians become earthly, they lose vision of eternity. They can't see beyond the things of this life. Success, pleasure, wealth, physical health. They're only interested in what their faith will do for them. Last scripture, and I'm going to close. Concerning uh, this type of person, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men the most pitiable. I hate to stop here, but I, we've got to stop. We've got to let the parents go pick up their kids and, 
And uh, I'll pick it up from here. I want you to know that if you will pursue after God and ask for his Holy Spirit to help you, your spirit will win. Christ dying on the cross broke the power of sin over you. The only reason sin has power over you if you are a truly saved person, spirit-filled person, is if you let them, if you let sin take control of you. But if you will fight sin with the word of God and with the spirit of God, he will go. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It is guaranteed. So what you're battling with, whatever you're battling with, I want you to know, fight, fight, fight in the spirit. Quit fighting in the natural. You are going to get beat up and beat up and beat up and beat up. Fight in the spirit. How do you do that? Find out what God's word says about it. Pray, pray in the spirit. We have just been equipped with this tool to take on these things that we couldn't take on before. Because we've got our prayer language. We can pray mysteries. We can pray the perfect will of God. The thing is, it's like getting saved. You get saved and then you go back to your life. And nothing changes. No, the, the life just started. We start living different. We start breathing different. We start thinking differently. Doesn't mean these other thoughts come in. It just means that when these thoughts come in... We have a tool to attack it with. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the power of God. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Christ is in me. How can anything win now? Nothing. No sickness. No, uh, no addiction. No depression. Nothing. How can it win? It can't. But we have to fight. And I just want to encourage, I just want to tell you, I'm kind of thinking about who has been here long enough to remember when I did all the Hittites, the Jebusites, the, do y'all remember I quit at about the second to the last one because I was brand new as pastor and I felt like everybody was getting sick of it. And I was just, to be honest with you, immature and I quit and everybody came to me and said, why did you stop? You're right at the end. These Hittites and Jebusites and parasites and everything else have significant meaning to what wants to come come into your life and it says that we have we have we have victory over them but we have to run them off we've got squatters in our land you have no idea what i'm talking about those of you that remember my teaching would know but these things the spirit of control the spirit of pride the spirit of Jezebel are all linked with these ites. The spirit of fear. The spirit of depression. But the problem is, God has delivered us from them. They know we're coming. But we, re- we decide to remain in the desert and never go take our land. And that's what happens here in the spirit is we have to go take the king. We have to go take. God's earth. The earth is the Lord's. We have to go take it. And that's what I'm telling you right now. As you've received the spirit. And you're still battling. Let me tell you. You have to, you have to fight. 
It's a fight every time we turn around. Whether it's the church or in our family or in our extended family or in our work. It's a fight. And either we're going to let the enemy win or we're going to win. My word tells me that when I go to fight, as long as I seek the Lord, we're going to win. But, you know, there was a time that that they didn't seek the kings didn't seek the Lord. And this little town, AI, this tiny town, they thought, oh, we'll go take them. We got three times as many people as them. We'll just go take care of them. We don't need to follow. We don't need to ask God. God, we got it. We're good. And they go and they got beat. What they do, they came back. We forgot to seek the Lord. God, what do we do? God's like, okay, victory's coming now. Here we go. But your battles, pray in the spirit, pray in your language, pray in your English, but go after it. It's not just going to fall in your lap. You know, sometimes it did fall in their laps, but it's when they had prepared before they went. God said, do this. God said, do this. Go bang and go break glass and go hoop and holler. And what happened? They all turned on themselves and killed each other. But the men had to do their part. Okay. The Holy Spirit, or I'm kidding. <laughs> Father, we just thank you. I thank you that I feel like you're, you're, you're leading us. And Lord, I feel like that you're leading us to victory. And Lord, the enemy is, 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 is in trouble. And Lord, I just ask that we go and we attack. And we don't let up. And I thank you that you have given us total victory. Now, Lord, help encourage us. Help strengthen us in our spirit. In our spirit, man, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to pray in the spirit and pray in the natural, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to sing in the spirit. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you. Now give us victory the rest of this week. Let us come together Sunday and just rejoice in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.